Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. Got to bring on Facebook, get all the MHHers under our roof here. And we are... Almost good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I know that you juggle multiple hats, or jobs, I should say. You wear multiple hats, one of which is co-anchoring this show with me, right, covering the Broncos for Mile High Huddle Plus. You cover the Cowboys for Heavy.com. What the Sam Hill is going on with Julio Jones, that whole crap storm that happened today with Shannon Sharp, and then the rumor that the Broncos could be a landing spot for Julio when they've got wide receivers coming out their ears already. Well, first of all, it seems like it's fait accompli that Julio Jones is going to be dealt from Atlanta. He wants out. So to intensify those rumors, Shannon Sharp on FS1's Undisputed today called him up live on the air and put him on the spot and said, what do you think about Dallas? Because for whatever reason, when, when a player becomes available, no matter the player, the Cowboys are always linked to him. And Julio Jones, for anyone who hasn't saw it yet, I, I would encourage you to go on Twitter after the podcast and check it out. He says, nah, man, I don't want to go to Dallas. I want to win. So that was kind of strike one in the comments that he made, and he didn't know he was live on television. So Shannon Sharp can find himself in some ethical soup, I believe, if he's not careful. That could be a career-threatening move uh, from Mr. Sharp. But Julio said he, he confirmed, you know, he's out of there. He wants out. He wants to play for a contender. And then piggybacking off that report, CBS Sports NFL reporter Jonathan Jones named the Broncos among four landing spots for Julio Jones. And the other three make sense. I think it's uh, the, the Packers, the Patriots, and the 49ers. All of those teams make sense for Julio. And then the Broncos. And he cited two reasons for that. He cited the Broncos' salary cap space. Okay, great. And then he cited a potential pairing with Aaron Rodgers. So you have to also believe that the whole Rodgers trade scenario is still alive and well. He looked at it, Jones did, as a, quote, Los Angeles Lakers-type move, pairing LeBron with uh, Anthony Davis in this case. Does he not realize, though, the Broncos have receivers coming out of their ears? They have Cortland Sutton, the top 10 guy. They used a first on Jerry Judy, a second on K.J. Hamler. They have Tim Patrick. I don't know why they're connected to Julio Jones, but, Chad, I think you can agree there's a 0% chance he's coming to Denver. 
to me, it's, it just smacks of a guy going, all right, I got a quota to hit. Who are some teams maybe they could uh, – but why would you pick the Broncos of all teams? Julio needs to go somewhere where the quarterback is baked in. Like it's no questions, no speculation. Is this guy going to pop? Is he going to turn a corner? Like wherever Julio lands, I mean, you heard it from himself to, from the guy himself today saying, I want to win. Well, where you win is – at a, at a in a city with a team that's got an established quarterback and you know as optimistic as you and I both are about Drew Locke he's not established he's far from that now that could change this year we'll see time will tell but nevertheless the Broncos to me even take away the quarterback angle the as you said the Rodgers thing and then the let's pretend there was a quarterback here let's pretend Rodgers was here just for a second Cortland Sutton check Jerry Judy check KJ Hamler check Tim Patrick check where do you fit in Julio Jones? Like, so to me, it's just kind of lazy, um, you know, bold prediction aggregation. Let's turn some click stuff from CBS Sports, and uh, it is what it is. But you know, I think a dark horse if he does end up, of course, getting traded, which it sounds like he will. Indianapolis Colts. I think he could sure. he could do some damage there. But does he want to go to Indy? You know, uh, Carson Wentz, the reclamation project, the resurrection of of Carson. We'll see. I've heard the Raiders as well. I don't know how they'd swing that, but you know Gruden's involved in every deal aggressively and recklessly, unlike George Payton. And when the story first came out with Julio Jones, the Ravens were installed as the odds-on betting frontrunner for Julio Jones services, and I think that's a much more realistic landing spot. But you were rattling off those names, you know, Sutton, Judy, also Noah Fant, Albert O, they have Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Aaron Rodgers' eyes would pop out of his head if he came here. He's only had ever one great receiver, two tops, and now he, he would come into a situation where he would have four or five major weapons with which to work. But we can pop that bubble right now. I don't think A-Rod's coming here so fast, Chad. So whatever Jonathan Jones continues to hear, I believe he's being misled on. Appreciate that, Super Chat. Mohammed, MHH resident male model. We are hoping that baby Malik is rocking and rolling. Everything's going good. Sounds like he is. Sending love to you as well. Thank you, Mohammed. Yep. Thank you, Mo. Um, Guillermo, what's up, buddy? Good to see you in the house, in the hizzy. Lots of our – a lot of our regulars – Michaela, what's going on? Robert, uh, we got JJ in the house. We got Flyfish Hunter. Shout out to Flyfish Hunter. Thanks for the super chat, bro. He says, here's to OTAs. Go Broncos. Go Chad and Zach. Go Broncos country. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag go Nuggets. Yeah, OTAs officially kicked off today. And just as we hoped, it provided some very juicy storylines, starting with, of course, Drew Locke going on the record for the first time since the 2020 season ended. And there was, there's so much to unpack from what he had to say today and the line of questioning uh, that he faced and whatnot. But Zach, the first thing I want to touch on is simply how I want to read this quote, but just how much time and energy and focus he put into crafting an off season plan of attack by going to the experts, by you know, finding, cultivating mentors that could help him put this plan together and then the way he has executed it. Mike Purcell, shout out to Keith Cummings for listening to the Shelby Harris podcast. I think it's called Shell Shock, in which Mike Purcell was the inaugural guest. And on the sh- on the show, he talked about, he, he's another guy through his support behind Drew. You know, Drew 
has swag. We can find that quote later too if we want to read that. It's not just about swag, but he explains what swag means to the players. All right, it's not just his confidence and you know he's he's, he's kind of arrogant. That's not really what he means. We, we can talk more about that later. But but the takeaway from it, Zach, was that he claimed, "Hey, look, you know I've been rehabbing for my Liz Frank, so I've been in the building every day this off season. And trust when I tell you, Drew Locke has been in there every day working his ass off." I'll pull up the quote, but first things first, Zach, did it not come off to you listening to Drew talk today, hearing about what he's been uh, going through, what he's been putting himself through to try and get geared up for 2021, that this dude recognizes that this is it. Like this is his last stand to prove he can stick as an NFL Q and that he's put in the work. Overwhelmingly. I'm, I was listening to the replays of his presser today on Twitter, and the first thing that I noticed was – it's a different Drew Locke. And John and I talked about this before the pod tonight. I made a comment that even though he wouldn't have been in a position where he would have had to answer like this, we wouldn't have seen this kind of lock last year. It's a different mentality. He's much more, I don't want to say adversarial, but he's treating the media for what they are. And the media players will learn, everyone will learn in life, the media is not really your friend. So he can't treat them buddy-buddy. He's keeping them at a distance. And I love one quote that came to mind. I don't want to butcher it, so I'll just kind of uh, paraphrase really quickly. He said, I can't wait to read everything bad written about me. Boom. Love it. It's almost like he might as well have said, let him hate Chad up, up there on the dais. He has that that confidence about him now. He's putting in the hard work every day. And Mike Purcell's comment on Drew Locke was a continuation on Cortland Sutton's comment on Locke. And Sutton's comment on Locke was a continuation on Dalton Reister's comment on Locke. Every single player, from coaches to George Payton to his fellow players, has said the same thing about Drew. And you and I both know already, Chad, we're going to get painted with the number three brush as you know, rosy lock apologist, lock Druthers. This is our interpretation from the first day of OTAs today. And I think even the Drew Lock critics, you can be on the way extreme side of that spectrum. I think if you watch Lock today, you would see way more of the a-hole you wanted him to be, at least with the press. You wanted that tenacity and you wanted that Again, almost combativeness, the adversarial attitude. Like, listen, I know you guys have written bad things about me. I know I'm the 33rd ranked quarterback out of 32 in the NFL. I read all the metrics and data out there. And listen, I know what I'm capable of. And I'm going to go out there this summer and this fall and stick it up your posteriors. Yeah, he said something to the effect of, I I can't wait to read all the things that were said critically about me and, and laugh about how wrong they were. Right. That, that's that's the takeaway. And, you know, I love it. I wanted to see a little fire in this guy's eyes. You know, I wanted to see this guy kind of bristle at some of the criticism. And we learned that uh, he has indeed like Melvin Gordon, for example, a couple of weeks back, he's doing an interview on some podcast, NFL.com pod. And he says, yeah, of course, Drew's hearing all the criticism. He's hearing all the QB rumors and whatnot. Like we try to insulate ourselves from it, but sometimes things are going to uh, sneak through. So yeah, he hears it. We try to pretend like we don't hear it, but we hear it. Well, according to Drew Locke, he has been, talk about the word insulated. He, his family, his close knit, his friends, his family, and his close teammates have really built a wall around him to keep that stuff out. He's staying off of social media. Uh, when people write or say things about him that might be you know, considered viral or hot take or whatever from this talking head or that, his family's helping to keep him, you know, insulated from that so that he can remain focused on the task at hand. 
But at the same time, Zach, he knows it's being said. He might not know all the specifics. He might not know all the, you know, sordid details of who said what and all of that. But he knows that it's not just the media. All right. There is a significant uh, demographic within Broncos country that really has succumbed to locked arrangement syndrome. And I think of all the things that have really fired this dude up and are bringing out that guy you mentioned that, you know, little fire to his eyes. It's kind of standing up a little bit to the media, throwing, a, you know, spitting back a little bit. It's that. It's the very people that he thought, you know, were behind him and loved him. That that even though it's a minority of Broncos fans, it's a, it's a it's seemingly a growing one. I think that's the biggest thing is he's heard some of that stuff as wherever it might be, and that's motivating him additionally to just put in the juice. And who does he have in his ear the entire since he's been in the NFL? And that would be one Peyton Manning. So just a guess on my part, but I believe Peyton pulled him aside when they have those little, uh, you know, those meetings and those film study, whatever they did in the offseason together. Peyton said, listen, kid, I was around the game a long time. I'm still kind of peripherally around the game. And the media are scoundrels. We're not insulting us. Everybody else out there, scoundrels, they're piranhas. They will tear you down. And I think from what I saw today, Locke gave the impression, I'm not this little, aw shucks, good boy from Missouri. I'm not this Mr. Nice guy. If I'm going to go down swinging this year, I'm going to go down swinging hard. So if you're going to tear me down, I'm going to bring it right back at you. That's what I want to see. That's what I've always wanted to see. And if he can translate that confidence into improving his mark on the field, if that confidence can lead him to make better decisions, if his brain is humming faster, that's the total package. And we're going to get the lock this year. We thought we would get last year, regardless of any other circumstance. Competitive anxiety. Turns out that is a thing. We're going to talk more about that. Dive right back in. We see the super chat stacking up. We're going to get to everybody. First, real quick, matters of business. I'm going to be very quick because there's a lot to get to. Follow on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, at MileHighHuddle. Our producer, John K, Buona Beast, at John K, MHH, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Be sure to head on over to Facebook and follow the Huddle Up Podcast page over there. You can navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod, or just open up the app on your phone. We are giving away swag to the people who are liking and following that page because we have some big plans. We need as many of our listeners over there following that page as possible, ASAP. Check out Becoming a Supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. That's Becoming a Subscriber, a paying sub, which gets you access to Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon and the Trickle Zone on Saturdays at noon. Big blue button at the top of our Mile High Huddle Facebook page. You're in like Flynn. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat, get a T-shirt, mug, face mask, little something for everybody. It's another great way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position to do those things, Gang, it's all good. We're seriously thrilled to have you with us here, whether you're live or listening after the fact on demand. We do ask, please do these three things, all right? Make sure you're subscribed. Number two is, if you're on YouTube and Facebook, like this video. If you're, even if you only enjoy two minutes of this show and then bounce out because this or that or the other, you don't like something we said, whatever, we take it as a dagger to the heart if you don't like the video while you're in with us, all right? Because what that does is help get this content, these shows, this community, in front of Broncos fans who wouldn't otherwise know that it exists. So like the video. And then the litmus test is number three. If we're doing a good job or at the very least you respect the effort, share this video out and help us reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your MO? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, real quick, Zach, uh, before we grab a super chat, I want to grab one of our super supporters. Albert Knopper's in the house. What's up, Albert? Hope you're doing well, buddy, in your new digs. He says, Bowles, Garrett Bowles, who also spoke today, was very timid about Drew during his press conference. So I'm going to scroll down to the quotes uh, that that Bowles, that we got from Bowles today. In fact, I think he's at the very top. Let me, let me get all the way up here. Lots of quotes, man. Massive storyline dump today from Broncos HQ. Um, I'm not sure that I would completely interpret it that way for what it's worth, Albert, that he was, um, you know, that was his uh, outlook on Drew or his tonality. But the biggest thing I took away, Zach, from what Garrett Bowles had to say about Drew is I've been there. I know what it's like for our own to, to be hated by our own. And, you know, I think uh, he can turn it around. I'll find the exact quote, but what was your reaction? Well, the other comment that he made that, of course, was being picked up by media and amplified. He said, I'm used to blocking for multiple quarterbacks. So I don't know what the interpretation was there, what he was intimating. He's going to have to block for Locke and Teddy Bridgewater this year. I I didn't see anything timid from Bowles in his press conference. I thought he was typical Garrett Bowles. And I thought, if anything, Chad, he was complimentary toward Locke as pretty much every other player has been this offseason. So here's what he said. All right, let me do a quick share screen. We can all follow along. Um, Actually, let me just really quick scroll up. Quick shout out here to uh, JJ. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Connect with us on Twitter so we can shout you out after the show. But thank you for that generosity, my friend. Um, Also, quick shout out Riley Malloy. Thank you, my dog. He says, Chad and Zach are legendary. Get hyped. Thank you, dude. Thank you, Riley. Uh, Connect on Twitter, buddy, if you have an account. And then also real quick from Dave from Georgia, one of our Mount Rushmore superstars. Hope you're continuing to get back on your feet, my friend. And it's great to have you. He says, once again, I feel that beginning of the year optimism that my Broncos will once again be competitive and relevant. Loved the Drew interview. He sounds committed to winning this year. Hashtag let him hate Zach. If you want to reply to that, and then I'll read this, this Bulls quote. 
I don't think Locke's commitment to winning was ever in question. I We all know he loves the game. We all know the arm talents there, the physical talents there. It was always the mental and the technical aspects of his game that needed to be worked on. And if those things can come together, you have a potential franchise quarterback. All right, so Garrett Bowles was asked today, have, what have you noticed about Locke's offseason approach, intimating about the outside noise, the criticism from the fan base? This is Bowles. Quote, he knows. You guys have given him a hard time like you gave me a hard time. I know he's thankful for those moments because it's just Who, motivation. Uh, it's just a motivation factor to prove everyone wrong. Just like I had this season last year to prove everyone wrong, which I did. There's still some hate out there. It's all right. You have to roll with those punches. If there's anyone out there that knows what he is going through, it's me personally. I know what it is when people don't like you and hate you and don't want you here in Denver. You just have to block out the noise and go out there and do everything you possibly can. I talked to Drew multiple times this offseason. Seems like he's in a great place mentally. I want nothing but the best for that kid. I know he has changed a couple of things on offense, just little things that he has noticed watching film. They're all amazing things that make us play fast. Him already doing that so early in the season, sky's the limit for that kid. He has a great work ethic, great mindset, and like I said, I have to do I have to do all that I can to protect him and keep his jersey fresh. If I do that, I know he'll sit comfortable in the pocket and hit our star players on the outside, close quote. I really like that a lot. And I like, you know, maybe it's just me reading too much into it, but he said play fast and doing things differently this year. Does that entail not thinking as much? Because when you play fast, you just play football. You don't think, you don't huddle, you just go. So if the Broncos, I I pray to God Pat Shermer got the memo here, if they let Locke just play football and take the thinking out of it, it will be a much more streamlined, effective offense. Here's the thing, guys. One thing you got to keep in mind is, remember, what we, we, we hate using double negatives, but one thing about Drew's 2020 season is he didn't leave, no doubt, right? And Bowles recognizes this. And as an offensive lineman with a new guy coming in and it being a very well-understood thing within the team and outside the building that there's going to be a quarterback competition, when asked about the QB competition at large, he has to be an ambassador. You know, he has to be a politician and walk the line because he doesn't know if Drew's going to win. He doesn't know if Teddy's going to win. So here's his response to how it feels to have a quarterback competition. Quote, if there's anyone on the offense, I know what it means to block for multiple quarterbacks. You all know how many I've blocked for over the past couple of years. I've had multiple competitions from my rookie year to my third year to now my fifth year. I'm used to it. I hope we find one soon. In other words, meaning I hope we figure out which one's going to win this thing soon. I hope Coach Fangio finds the guy soon. If it's Teddy or if it's Drew, whoever it is, I know they're going to come in and do their job as long as we're supposed to do up front as the starting five, being the anchor of the offense, the ball is going to move how we move. And then he goes through and some other things here, Zach, but uh, closing the quote, he's, he's being that politician, right? He's having to say, look, whoever wins the job, I'm going to do my job. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. 
It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I mean, as he, this is the same thing he said from the night he was drafted. His job is to protect quarterbacks like he would protect his wife. I think the quote was back in 2017. So he's always been, in that sense, a good ambassador, to use your word, for the Broncos. And he's always been a team player and a company man for the quarterback he's protecting. But I think the feeling on the offense is from everyone around the quarterback, they don't want this 50-50 competition to drag and drag and drag. They want their guy named sooner than later. So like we've been saying, they can form that chemistry and get those reps down and get going into week one. Here's the problem with that. I concur. I think in a perfect world, the players would rather not have that lack of clarity at quarterback. But Vic Fangio really kicked that can down the road today when he was asked about, hey, you know, how much can a a quarterback battle within OTAs, like how quickly can you expect to see separation uh, in this this battle? And his uh, reply was, um, well, let me find this thing, quote, uh, the question was on whether Bridgewater and Locke can create separation and win the starting job during OTAs. Quote, not really. It may be separation in some people's minds, but until we get to at least practicing 11 on 11, you need to withhold much judgment. 11 on 11 and ultimately the preseason games will be the true tell. So this is a can, Zach, that mm. is going to get kicked down the road till the bitter end. Like it's going to be the penultimate moment and – the coaches are probably going to skew and weigh how these two cues perform in preseason more than anything. I hate that, though, because the second quarterback that's up in the order is going to get the second and third string defenses, though. That's not a real great way to go about having a quarterback competition. I think the better evaluation is seeing which quarterback does better against the Broncos defense. Even if they're not pass rushing or sacking, that's an infinitely better opponent than they'll face in the entire preseason, and they can stack the reps ones versus ones. The problem with me, though, is I still have my doubts as to whether Fangio even knows what a starting quarterback looks like. I trust Bowles' evaluation of the quarterback competition way more than Vic Fangio, and that's a problem. Shout out to Zeus. Zeus! Love you, buddy. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks for the support, as always, bro. And yes, as he says here, these rumors are going crazy. I think he's mostly talking about Julio. 
One thing to keep in mind on that, though, Stu, is it's not really a rumor. It's an NFL uh, national writer at CBS going, mm, put my finger in the wind. Let's see. Um, let's go ahead and roll a Dex. Oh, Broncos. They're, they're a good landing spot. It's noteworthy. It's fun to spitball, which is why we ran it as a publication. But there's no there there at all. He, I, I don't want to tear down uh, Jones, too, Jonathan Jones, the, the reporter who floated this idea too much. I think he's good at his job, but he's piggybacked off his Rodgers reporting, and he said the Broncos are still in pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. So that's why it would make sense to trade for Julio Jones, give up a second or first round draft pick, and take on thirty three million dollars when you have a litany of receivers on the roster. It makes no sense. Love you, Stu. Kane Dawson in the house. What's up, buddy? He says, missed you guys. Keep up the great work. And he's got the trio of lock emojis. Thank, Thank you, buddy. You. Appreciate the support, Kane. Um, and then we got Christian in the house, too. It's been a minute since I've seen you. Glad to have you with us tonight, though, buddy. He says, what's up, priests? I'd be shocked if Drew doesn't start this year. Getting early work in before camp and keeping the same coaching sca- uh, staff screams, he's our guy, or maybe it's just me. Zach, I don't think it's just Christian. In fact, that's something Drew spoke to today is that it's an alien feeling, but it's one very comforting and that is encouraging to him, giving him confidence in that when he returned to the building to start focusing on 2021, he didn't have to, before he handled his footwork, before he starts working on his fundamentals and base and reading film and all that stuff, he didn't first have to assimilate a completely new playbook for the first time since his uh, sophomore year, right? Or junior year, excuse me, since his junior year. And just how that has engendered a comfortability in the scheme that's going to, uh, he believes anyway, springboard him into year three. Not having to start from minus five or square, you know, square minus five, that's a bigger boon than you realize. And it kind of helps you understand that it's been a really unfortunate turn for Drew, the way the system has changed for him every year, dating back many years now. But this time he's got the same system. So even though we might be critical of Pat Shermer and for good reason, at least Drew is starting from basically with the, the version you saw at the end of the season where he really kind of picked up his play from week 11 on. That's the starting point this time, Zach. It's not learning everything from scratch. Yeah, I don't want to take too many victory laps, but I've been saying this for a while. What was the point of keeping the incumbents around, the holdovers like Fangio, Shula, and Pat Shermer, if you weren't going to retain the incumbent quarterback? And that's why we're always been on the side of skepticism about Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos all along wanted Locke to start. That's why they kept these coaches in place. So I think he has the slight edge up right now. And as long as he doesn't do anything to disturb that or perturb that, I think he'll go into week one as a starter. He's going to have to face plant or get injured, I think, for Bridgewater to get this job. And by the way, We'll get to some of what Teddy had to say. All of his tonality and his verbiage was very non-rocking the boat. It was, you know, I'm here to compete. I'm here to do what the team needs me to do. I'm here to play football. Like he wasn't feeding into any of the juice that some of the lines of questioning were hoping that they could get out of him. Uh, So let's grab Kathy real quick. Good to see you, Kathy. Thank you for the super chat. Great to have you in the chat tonight. She says, I know I'm 100 years old, but I remember back in the day when football players would show up, shut up, and yeah, play football. Really? Good grief. Well, I want to say there was nine absences today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we can go through exactly who they were, but nevertheless, Fangio said he was pleased 
this is a voluntary uh, camp for what it's worth. It's not the mandatory mini camp quite yet. The coaches would love to see him there. And Fangio said that today. Look, we tried to accommodate the players and the NFLPA by changing up a few things. All right. But we, yeah, we want them here. But at the same time, we're, we're, we're satisfied with the level of attendance we got today. I totally misinterpreted that. I thought she meant about Julio Jones just showing up and playing football and not making waves. I don't know if she meant that or not, but at least, Chad, Brandon McManus, the Broncos you know, union rep, finally showed up for work today doing the grueling kicker job, and also Justin Simmons was there. So there was mostly full attendance except for a couple absences, and we have to be encouraged by that. Curious that Melvin Gordon was one of the absentees when you're in a fight for your job, my dog. I mean – Javante Williams is no joke. He is no joke. And by not showing up even one day, you're giving him a slight leg up from where he would have been if you would have showed up. So I don't know what the reasoning was. I haven't heard anything from people I've talked to or picked anything up on the on the newswire why he didn't show. But, um, oh, by the way, Kathy meant our, the view, Zach's view on uh, on Jones, on Julio. So you're right. Let me add one thing. Literally less than a week ago, Melvin Gordon on that podcast, I think, said, listen, I'm going to endear myself to Denver. I'm going to show that I have staying power. And then a week later, he doesn't show up to his first practice of OTAs. That is who Melvin Gordon is, and I'm digressing from that. Drew, what's going on? Another MHH Mount Rushmore superstar in the house with us tonight. What's up, buddy? He says, I'm busy working. I'll remind everyone, Locke's floor is greater than Teddy's. Preach. Thanks, Drew. Love you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Grind through that work day, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Shout out to Randy for the superstars over on Facebook. Love you, bro. Thank you. Uh, What's up, Terrence? Nice to see you in the chat, my friend. Great to have you with us. All right, let me me mosey just a little bit here to Michaela. What's up? The Duchess in the house of MHH. Thank you for being with us. She says, I saw Drew's press conference today, and I was very impressed. Boy has grown up. Zach, it's interesting she takes that. That was her interpretation, right, of the vibe, because I saw that from multiple commenters, people on on MHH social media, from YouTube to Twitter to Facebook to the articles themselves on the site. The feeling, the perception that, wow, this is there's something different about Drew. And I think a lot of people are interpreting it as like a maturity, like a climb up the maturity scale. I think there's some truth to that, but I also think it's like you were talking about at the top of the show, Zach, that fire in his eyes, that that burning in his belly to stand up to this, uh, you know, the criticism and the way things have gone for him early in his career, fair or not, and uh, fight back. I think I'm going to make this as PG as possible, but I think Locke through went, went through his NFL puberty period and certain parts of his body have dropped now. And he's no longer a boy. He's a full-blown man. And he's demonstrated that on the podium today, Chad, because you, we can quibble about his release and the way he's standing and practices that don't mean much right now. But when you see him talk to the press like that, when you see him go back and forth and handle these questions and these queries, his answer is inarguable. He is definitely a different Drew coming into this season, and I think that's going to make him a better player on the field. Absolutely. JJ says, Drew Locke will win the spot, and y'all haters will all be like, we always had his back. (laughs) That's exactly how it will shake out if it shakes out that way. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Uh, Willie, what's up, dude? Another superstar with us. Good to have you, Willie. He says, Locke is winning the competition, boys. Love it. Yeah, I look, Zach, one thing I'll say is I really do think, Drew, it's his job to lose. So however you want to then add context to that statement, it's his job to lose. And so I think, as you said, he would have to really either get hurt or fall on his face completely to give Teddy that window into, you know, that crack in the door to kind of put his foot in and break it down. So if it was, I'll just say old Drew, like even Drew of last year where he was kind of riding high on the four and one finish to the his rookie year, you know, very comfortable and confident in the feeling that Flacco's gone. The only cue they really brought in was this Jeff Driscoll, kind of a joke, no threat to me. Like I'm I'm not to say he he uh short armed it, not to say he mailed it in, because I I don't think that's fair. But there's something about the threat of losing your job. There's something about, you know, the implicit um doom that could come from you not showing up and not not only showing up but excelling at your gig that can really bring the cream to the top, right? Cream rises to the surface. So I don't know, man. It's going to be fun to see, but I think this is a different Drew. Well, can we all agree on one thing that he has a much, much higher ceiling than Teddy Bridgewater? Can we all agree on that? And here's the problem. If you yank Locke too early or don't give him the opportunity, let's say you yank him because he threw three picks in one game. 
Then you're placing with Teddy Bridgewater, and I hate to burst this bubble, but 11 interceptions is not protecting the football. He was four off from Drew Locke's mark last year. So what happens if you put Bridgewater in the game and he face plants? What do you do then? Turn to Brett Rippenshad, call up Case Cookus. At that point, Locke's confidence is shot. Teddy Bridgewater, you're thinking of taking him out of the game. So that's why I think the Broncos, and I think they've demonstrated this by far, by, by fact and by measure, they want Locke to take this job. Bridgewater was not brought in to be the starter. He is QB2 until proven otherwise. Exactly. Do you really think the Broncos didn't draft a Q at number nine because they had acquired Teddy the day before? I mean, that was part of the rationale that gave him confidence as far as the meta, you know, as far as the macro picture. We're going to be okay. Worst comes to worst. But that wasn't why. I mean, it was Drew Locke. They want to see it through with Drew, for better or for worse. And there's the chance it could be for the worse. We don't know. But they they are still hopeful and confident that it's for the better. And again, I think the Bill Parcells, you know, football psychology that is already at work with, with Drew in terms of the competitive anxiety that's already been established by Teddy just walking through the door. Drew addressed that himself. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But I want to shout out. Our Facebook superstar senders tonight, Eddie Keating. What's up, dude? Love you. Travis Tarbox in the house. What's up, buddy? Gary Leeds Palmer, legend. Randy Jones, legend. Garrett Ringy. Now, that's a newer name as far as a star sender on Facebook. Welcome, Garrett. Thank you for the support. And then, of course, how could we not mention Brad Murdoch, legend, and Jeremy Kusick, legend. Thank you guys for the support. We'll keep an eye out for any of your comments in the chat, but thank you guys. Yeah, most of you guys are in KK as well, and I can tell you personally how much I appreciate the support on different shows and different platforms. Thank you, guys. All right, real quick, I want to grab this. We'll get back to the chat. Uh, The first question, of course, off the bat, how the quarterback competition affects Drew's mindset, and what have you been doing with Peyton Manning? Quote, I think being in a quarterback competition, if you were to say last year I wasn't in one or whatever, the mindset, mindset doesn't change at all. I'm here to compete and do everything you can to be the best quarterback for this team. That's the mindset that I have right now. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to be able to go out there, have this competition, push myself to a whole different level that maybe, Zach, I wouldn't have gotten to without this. Now, we can go back to some of the things he had to say about Peyton, but Drew himself is already acknowledging that he is being driven at a level that he might not have already have, – risen to if not for the threat of Teddy Bridgewater being traded to the Broncos you know whether you're in the NFL you're podcasting or you're sitting and staring at a wall all day you can't grow as a person or as a professional if you don't first look in the mirror and acknowledge your flaws and Chad you know that as well as I do John knows that you have to really self-identify and name your biggest downfalls and address those first And I think that's what Locke did this offseason, whether he was told by someone, whether Peyton Manning relayed that to him, whether he just had a long come-to-Jesus moment with himself and said, listen, Drew, I can't be this way anymore. I have to improve on those uh, shortcomings. And he realized nothing's handed to me anymore. I'm not grandfathered in. My career is at a crossroads now. I might be out of Denver this time next offseason. They're bringing competition for me. They're bringing in a guy who had name cachet. He was a starter in multiple spots. I have to fend him off. I have to be the best version of myself possible. And him even admitting that to me is growth. Well said. Tony, Discount Audio and Wheels, DA Dub, 
Hope the business is doing well out there in Los Angeles. Thanks for the support, bro. It's good to have you with us. He says, what's up, fellas? Julio Jones for Tim Patrick and a second. How could Locke not develop with those weapons? Also would work nice since Locke is still on his rookie deal. This would be if there were no Aaron Rodgers deal. Thoughts? I really don't see it. I don't see how Jerry Judy grows into the player he needs to grow into if you bring Julio in. Again, if this was like Peyton Manning, uh, you know, five years younger than he is, and this is like a last stand of Peyton type thing, then, okay, bring in the proven talent outside the numbers. But as great as Julio is, and I should say as great as he really was, he's not. he hasn't been the same player the last couple of years, but still he's a great wide receiver, as great as he is. Zach, I just don't see the value when you're so stacked at the position and you need these younger guys that you've invested capital, salary cap space into, developmental coaching, juice, all that. They can't grow if you bring in Julio Jones. It's just going to be the Cortland Julio Fant show and Jerry Judy, you know, KJ Hamler, they go by the wayside. You know, to your point, even if the Broncos had a a, a fading Peyton Manning or they had an established quarterback, I don't think they make this trade. They have a top 10 receiver and they've invested in the position at multiple times, multiple spots. And if you take him on, you're giving up first or second round pick and taking 15 million guaranteed for Julio this year. Bye bye, Corlin Sutton. Maybe bye bye, Noah Fant in the future. All for what? A one or two year rental of a player like you mentioned, Chad, is not the same seven time Pro Bowler as we've seen in recent years. Hate to say it, but he's on the back nine of his career now. Corlin Sutton's on the front line. That's right. And even today, I loved hearing Vic Fangio say, you know, Cortland's a stud. I can't wait to see him back out there, man. Willie, again, jumping in with the super to say, also, John, my man, shout out. John's doing this right now. All right. Love you, Willie. Um, That was an accurate depiction. Michaela in the house again to say, thank you, Michaela. She says, prayers with Greg Olson's family and his eight-year-old son. Hope he can get a heart transplant in time. Yeah, very... um, tumultuous, I don't want to say tragic because, you know, they're still fighting for their boy, but prayers up for the Olsons. Let's hope that they can get that transplant he needs to uh, continue on with his his, uh, family. Absolutely. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers to the entire Olson clan over there. All right, John, the stream just did a jumpy, a jumperoo on me. So let me just quickly check the back end and then we'll dive back into some content here, gang. Bear with me just one second. Um, we need uh, quite a few. We need Tom, Dale, and Tanner. Tom, Dale, and Tanner, if you can pull them up. All right, meanwhile, Zach, I want to grab something else Drew Locke had to say, and then I also want to grab a few things Teddy had to say today as well. Uh, First off, what Drew had to say, kind of scratching the surface on what's been going on with Peyton and all this, quote, as far as working with Peyton, I think him being able to give me his time was worth a lot to my game. It was worth more than I think I'll ever realize. I am forever uh, forever grateful to be able to for him to do that for me and taking the time out of his day to do that. Subtle things. You just like having more eyes on film and on technique. Hearing from a guy that did it the best for a really long time was nice to be able to have in my corner. Close quote. Now, Zach, last year in 2020, the storyline was Drew Locke seeking out Peyton's advice on how to craft an offseason. You know, how do you approach the off season, like as far as do's and don'ts and, you know, nutrition, taking care of your body, workouts, 
throwing with receivers away from facility, things like that. That was a different animal. This time, Peyton did more than talk to him on the phone. This time, and meet up with him at a Nuggets game. This time, Peyton Manning actually got in the same room with Drew Locke. We don't know for how long exactly, but they got together and broke down film. And Peyton Manning helped him to identify specific areas in Drew's game on film that he felt like if he tweaked this or that, in Peyton's estimation, could really propel him forward. And I'll get more into that, Zach, but your thoughts on what he had to say just now about Peyton. Well, it was visually confirmed last week we had that picture pop up of Locke standing like Peyton Manning now and taking the snaps like Peyton Manning now and the same on-field body language as Peyton Manning now. And it's one thing, you know, you can't replicate Peyton Manning. No one can. He's Peyton freaking Manning. But you can at least fake it till you make it. So if standing a certain way or changing that aspect of his game, tricking his brain and rewiring those electrons and those electrical signals, Chad, on the field, if that can make a difference, then so be it. But I don't think it's speculation or it's us trying to build up Locke by saying that Peyton Manning has an influence. If you watch the film from the last couple of weeks, you see the influence. Most definitely. Most definitely. And he went on to talk about how, let me see if it's before, actually I think it's after this. Let me find this real quick. There's two things I want to quote him on. Um, Bear with me one second. Okay, so here's what his day-to-day looked like in the offseason and how many people helped him, who helped him, all that stuff. Quote, there was a lot of people that came into this, maybe one day, and he was joking, I'll write a book about it. But as of right now, just know there were a lot of things that went into this. A lot of people helped me that I'll forever be grateful to. Early mornings, making sure that I was getting into the habit of waking up at the same time, starting my day at the same time, working on a routine. Early film before Zoom meetings, then Zoom meetings, coming into Lyft, working in the afternoon, coming home, taking a script, taking Mm -hmm. plays that I didn't like from last year, drawing them in the basement, coming out, throwing with the guys in the afternoon, and coming back and finishing more film. Just Groundhog Day, Zach, over and over again. There was a lot that went into it. And then he was asked by Jeff Legwald of ESPN, hey, so all this additional effort you've gone to going above and beyond, is this just you know the price of admission to be an NFL quarterback? Is this just what you have to be willing to do yeah. every year? Quote, I think it is. I really think it is. After doing it, there is zero doubt in my mind that I would like to do this for the rest of my life. There's a, that is a lot of the reason why I went into this. I want this team to be good. I want myself to be really good, but I wanted nothing to be able to look back on with regret. I was going to give everything I had this offseason, the offseasons before, but especially this one, to be able to come in and help this team get to the playoffs and help this city come back. It was a rough year with the virus being at games, uh, no fans at games, and a lot of stuff got thrown our way. I took all of that from last year, put it into this one offseason plan to be able to get a little bit of fire behind this city and this team to get this team back to where it needs to be, close quote. Listen, there's price of admission, but you always have the people trying to hop over the fence for free chat. And one little note I want to make, this is his off-season schedule. He's not entitled or obligated to do any of this stuff. This is his own free time that he's eating, sleeping, peeing football each and every single day. And Chad, one thing that jumped out to me from that quote, I took the plays that I did not like last year. 
take that, Pat Shermer. You're going to call plays that are more fine-tuned for me, and we're going to move this ball vertically in the air. And I love what he said there. I don't want to have any regret, and that kind of piggybacks off my previous point. That's why he's sparring with the media now, Chad. He's saying, listen, if you guys are going to tear me down, I'm going down swinging as well. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to dish it as you guys give it. And I think a part of that comment, too, is, you know, plays he didn't like in terms of how he operated them. Like, and I think that was part of what Peyton Manning probably helped him to identify. Like, you know, hey, on these type of plays, check out what you're doing here on this particular drop back when you're running three wide and whatever it might be. And going, yeah, you're right. I can see why maybe doing it your way would get me closer, you know, than, than where I was doing it last year. And then he would go home and rep those plays. He talked about putting up his big screen and have his laptop ready to go. And he just kind of similar to Garrett Bowles working on kick slides with his wife in his kitchen, going into his basement and continuing to grind and work real quick. Shout out to Tom El Greco. Appreciate you buddy up there in Canada, repping the cause. He says, Locke looks more mature and he looks jacked. I think he's ready to roll. Let him hate guys. It just makes me so angry because Locke laid out that extensive offseason plan, which included football from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to sleep. Yet Paxton Lynch did nothing but play Fortnite, Halo, Call of Duty, and Madden all day long, and he had more of a leash, and he had more excuses made for him from Broncos country. That's where I'll never understand the disconnect because to this point, it's also indisputable, Locke has shown more than Paxton Lynch, yet Paxton Lynch is judged more favorably than Locke ever will be. It's derangement it's weird and it really is it's uh distorted distorted reality i don't i can't quite wrap my brain around it to be frank with you <clears throat> but in the meantime while i'm trying to wrap my brain around lock derangement syndrome let me grab dale what's up dale Bonafide superstar in the house we're gonna have him on the show very very soon appreciate you bro he says do some broncos fans want teddy for the next 10 years Uh, Bridgewater is a perfect backup quarterback, but if those fans think Denver needs a quarterback to keep up with Herbert, Mahomes, Derek Carr, what has Bridgewater shown in his career that makes them believe he can? Dale, that's a really good question. I mean, it's almost rhetorical. It kind of answers itself. Like Teddy Bridgewater, um, I I definitely don't want to crucify him because I think he is a competent kind of keep the ship afloat bridge stopgap type of guy and he's a leader and he's a guy that you really any team that has him on the roster it's good to have a guy like that uh in the in your corner but yeah he's not going to be that guy that can with a ceiling you know uh he doesn't have a ceiling let me put it this way that even approaches star wars numbers all right and right now there's some people watching this stream this podcast apoplectic at their phone going drew's not either Well, look, I think Drew has the ceiling, if he can get there, to produce that kind of fire, you know, fighting fire with fire offensive output. It's a matter of getting him to the ceiling. It's like Drew said earlier today, uh, the superstar, that Drew's floor is higher than Teddy's ceiling. Now, that might sound a little hyperbolic, but boiling it down, at bottom, Zach, I think it's true. Yeah, my opinion on Teddy Bridgewater, he's shown – to this point in his career that he's a backup and he was acquired to be a backup. And 
Again, my opinion, I think a lot of the Bridgewater allure over the years was because of the college career he had and that leg injury he suffered early in his NFL career. It was it was always, always the mystique of what could be, what was, and what is. And the Broncos, I think, in the same vein, they were trying to scoop the old Joe Flacco out of a 35-year-old body, whatever he was at the time. They're still trying to reclaim some of that Bridgewater Teddy Two Gloves magic in the event he starts this year. But to Dale's question, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think he's shown, whether it's Carolina, New Orleans, or Minnesota, he's always been backup quality. And in Denver, what is he right now? A backup. Yes. Um, we're going to get to some of what Teddy had to said, say today. Before we get out of here, let me grab Tanner, who's been waiting patiently. Thank you, Tanner, for the support, my friend. Your T-shirt is on the way. So let us know when you get that. Send us in a selfie. We'll put you up on MHH Instagram, guys. Follow my huddle on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. Tanner says, you guys are the best. Just showing some support. I'm at a family dinner, so I'll catch the pod afterwards. You guys always make my week, so keep it up. Hey, thanks, buddy. Hope you enjoy your dinner. What are you having, Tanner? Let us know. Hungry. Yeah. Hit, hit us up. Was it a steak? What, what, lobster? Lobster pale. Yeah. What, what, what are you chilling down? Mignon. All right, real quick. Zach, let's get to some of Teddy. I think we've covered all of the relevant ground on what Drew had to say today. I want to find his um, remarks about Drew and just the competition component, how he and Drew can work together. Here it is. Let me let me grab this, and you guys can kind of get it. I loved Teddy's tone today for what it's worth. Like he was, he came in. He's not trying to rock the boat per se with his – if he's going to rock the boat, his mindset is I'm going to rock the boat with my play. I'm not going to come here and sit up on Zoom and try and rock the boat that way. It's not his style anyway, but still, I really, really like just kind of how he comported himself. It was cool to see. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. On whether he believes, Zach, he and Drew can work together despite being in a competition. Quote, Drew and guys, they just met today or last night. Within the last 24 hours was the first time outside of, you know, their game last year uh, in Carolina, as far as really chopping it up and being in the same room, spending time together. Today was it. Quote, Drew is a great guy, man. He walks into the room and he's experienced. That's the type of guy you want to be around. Our personalities will mesh well. Just that entire room with Rip, Brett Rippin, also. We're in there having conversations like we've known each other for three months already. It's great when you can walk into a room like that where everyone knows there's a competition, but at the same time, this game allows you to create and form brotherhoods with different guys. Right now, this is the room that we have. We're going to continue to motivate each other, uplift each other, and encourage each other in every way that we can. Close quote. You want to talk about Zach maturity and about a quarterback that, you know, is just very composed, you know, in terms of he's not flying off the cuff. I loved what he had to say today. Yeah, he's he came off extremely professional, extremely mature with that quote, but I, I kind of disagree that their personalities mesh. Locke is dancing on the sideline where Teddy is kind of low energy. He's very just a, a passive type personality. So I, I hope that Drew Locke treats this as the competition for what it is and he doesn't fall too much prey to that whole friendship angle to the quarterbacks. He was asked, hey, Teddy, when's the last time you were truly in a quarterback competition? Do you remember? Quote, every day I wake up, I consider myself competing for my job. I think that's the mindset of everyone who plays this game. Whether I was penciled in as being the starter or if I had to compete, my mindset is this is a competition. So that's the answer to the first part of the question. In this league, so much happens. You said there's been 10 quarterbacks here since Peyton Manning. Whenever you get into a situation, you always want to be the guy who can be there for a while. Of course, that's my mindset. But at the same time, I have to take it one day at a time and continue to be the best teammate I can be today and let tomorrow take care of itself, close quote. Zach, I love that mindset of one day at a time. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to you know, write a check that I might not be able to cash later on with my play. He's very pragmatic. Yeah, I mean, this is the, I think, a big part of the reason why the Broncos made the move for Bridgewater, not necessarily his floor or his bridge-type talents at quarterback, but what he can do for the locker room, what he can do for the quarterback room. They weren't getting this out of Jeff Driscoll, and I don't think they were getting this out of Brett Rippon. So that's where Bridgewater comes in. And for, again, a one-year rental, $4 million bucks, if he can give this type of confidence to the entire room, I'm all for that. Here's what he said about when the rumors started up because at least a month actually I can think back to January there was a rumor about if the Panthers trade Teddy look out once Peyton landed in Denver look out for the Broncos as a as a factor 
He started then doing his due diligence on the Denver Broncos. Here's what he said, quote, yeah, I definitely did a lot of research on this team. I'm familiar with the roster, a talented defense, and a bunch of guys who fly around and make plays and have made plays in this league. If you look at the offense, it's a lot of guys who have established themselves or are continuing to establish themselves in this league. So much talent on this roster. You look at the coaching staff and the personnel with George Payton being here from Minnesota. Uh, I'm very excited. I was very excited a couple of months ago when I heard I could end up here. Now that I'm here, I'm eager to make this team a better team and be the best person I can be. Yeah, I, I like the answer, but I think he's kind of fibbing here. I don't think he did that much research. Who is well-established on the Broncos' offense? Sutton and Melvin Gordon? I, I mean, it just came off like a cliched answer, but uh, if he's being even a modicum of honest here, I like the quote. But I think it's true that he recognized then and now that this is a team that's got some serious weaponry and talent on offense. They need the trigger man to unleash that talent, to fully help everyone realize it, whether that ends up being Drew or if it ends up being Teddy. Last thing I want to grab here from Teddy, um, actually two things that I thought were interesting. Sorry. On his time with the Panthers and Saints, what made him a better quarterback, if anything, Quote, playing in the system with Sean Payton and then with Joe Brady in Carolina, you're asked to do a lot at the line of scrimmage in the run game, getting guys lined up, ID in the mic in the run and pass game. A lot was on my plate. So it's prepared me for this next chapter. I'm looking forward to growing in this offense and continuing to help guys elevate their game. Close quote. So, Zach, hmm. you know, Shermer is a far cry from either one of those guys, right. probably. Maybe Joe Brady still has some something to prove, more so than Pat Shermer as far as the NFL is concerned. But nevertheless, he feels like you know that gave him, um, in the same way we talked about earlier in our conversation tonight, that Drew getting the same scheme year over year for the first time in a long time allows him to not start from minus square five, but rather maybe square 11 or 12, same thing here is what he's saying is I'm returning to an offense that I at least have a base familiarity with because of our time together, Pat Shermer and I in Minnesota, but my time with with uh, Sean Payton and with Joe Brady should could allow me to microwave this thing. Yeah, I kind of that's what my point was. I kind of feel bad for Teddy going from Payton to Brady to <laughs> Pat Shermer. That's kind of a downgrade, but we'll see. All right, last one on uh, Teddy Bridgewater coming to Denver with the mentality that he would be the starter quote. What's so ironic. I saw Von Miller this morning when he came in the building. First thing he said today was you're here to play football. Now that's my mindset. Now I'm here to play football and whatever happens, happens. I'm here to help this team become a better team I'm here to help players become better football players. Men become better men. Whatever happens, I'm here to play football and I'll take whatever comes with it. Closed quote. So a lot of um, platitudes in terms of, you know, help my teammates be better, saying a lot of the right things. But the thing I want to draw your guys' attention to is this last thing here, all right? Whatever happens, I'm here to play football. All right, no big deal, and I'll take whatever comes with it. So this is a guy that knows he's – like there's that segment of the locked deranged out there that are like, no, Teddy knows that this is his job to lose. He's the man. He's coming here to replace Drew. That's all there is to it. Does that sound like the statement of a guy that knows – him taking over and, you know, assuming the starting job is fate accompli. It sounds like a QB two. 
which is what he acknowledges that he is. And I gave him credit for acknowledging that even indirectly. Whatever happens, happens. If he backs up Locke this year, great. If he ends up starting this year, great. And I'm, I actually applaud Teddy Bridgewater for being that company man, for being that professional. And day one, first press conference could have been a lot worse. I was actually encouraged by a lot of the things that he said. It was also cool just to shift gears here since he mentioned Vaughn Miller. Vaughn today was also very um, energetic. Very kind of the last few times we heard from Vaughn on uh, interviews and stuff, you know, understandably so. He was dealing with his injury and the disappointment and all that, kind of in a low spot. But today he was very upbeat, you know, optimistic. And Zach, it was interesting for to hear him say that Noah Fant is his favorite Denver Bronco, that the dude is a has just morphed his body into full on beast mode, and that he's going to be an animal that like watch out for Noah Fant, which is cool to hear because that that's the guy you and I have been pegging as the breakout candidate for 2021. Yeah, Vaughn knows, and he also knows that despite being in his 30s, he can still whoop anyone anyone's ass. That's what his quote was. I, I love the Vaughn Miller we got today. He also said we lost to the Chiefs for, what is it, seven or eight times now, and we have to end this bleep. Yeah. So we got a whole new confident, also pissed off Von Miller. I think the entire team from Locke to Miller on down, they sense the urgency, they sense the irrelevancy, and they sense the media and analyst pressure caving in on them. They're tired of being in the doldrums. They're tired of being in the basement. They're tired of being off the NFL map. And I think they're here to prove themselves one way or the other this coming season. All right, let me uh, grab this question, this comment here actually from uh, from Don. Actually, hold on one second. Let me check something on the back end. All right, Don says, what's up, fellas, on Facebook? Our awesome football priests. It was awesome seeing and hearing from Vaughn today. Can't wait for the season. Hashtag Broncos for life. Yes, it was. Um, Mr. Castillo, what's up, buddy? He says, hello, all. Navy has had me busy one week from 20-year mark. Hey, man. That's cool. We'll uh, you'll have to remind us, and we'll uh, we'll get we'll do a little ditty for you here on the show to celebrate your twenty year mark, twenty year veteran, soon to be, of the United States Navy. Thank you Congrats. for your service, and thank you, indeed. Yep. Good to see you. Uh, here's one from George Newton, a super sticker with the thumbs up. Right back at you, George. Hopefully, you have connected with us on Twitter. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't think you have. At least I haven't seen you do so in the last couple of days. So, if you're on Twitter. Check that out, buddy. Connect with us. Um, all right, we are at 59 and a half minutes. We got to start uh, winding her down. Shane Daniels, good to see you, bro. Thank you for being with us and for the support. He says, I saw a lot of maturity on Locke's part in his presser. I love Vaughn's enthusiasm. Fangio seems like he doesn't want this QB competition. Interesting. I, that never has really occurred to me that Fangio is low-key resisting this whole thing, but What's your take on that, Zach? I think he wants it because he's the one that devised this, and I think the whole 50-50 thing right down the middle, I think that was a Fangio creation. But I think he doesn't want it because he'd rather not be coaching for his job this year. He'd rather not tie his job to the status of Bridgewater or Drew Locke. I, I, don't, I just think he wants a different situation ideally, but he wants it because he was the brainchild behind pitting them together and making this an open battle to start in week one. Victor, what's up, man? A newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Well, Thank you. Uh, connect on Twitter, my friend. He says, first time catching you guys live. I really want to see Drew have 50, a 50-plus 50 point game this year. Do you think it's possible? Denver Broncos for life. With this 50 off- burger. Dude, wow. let me tell you something. 
with this collection of talent on that side of the ball and on defense, how smothering this defense could be, is it possible? Yes. Am I telling you to expect it? No. I think a modest uh, expectation for this offense, if Drew indeed takes a step, is to average somewhere between 24 and 28 points per game. And if you do that, let me tell you something. In today's league, you're going to win double-digit games. Uh, and I'm fully in agreement. I think the Broncos can clear 30 points, 40 points, maybe even 50, and I think that can happen relatively quickly in the year. Week two against Jacksonville, rookie quarterback, horrible Jaguars defense. If the Broncos can create some turnovers and get after Trevor Lawrence, they literally have a barely there defense, and the whole Urban Meyer uh, tenure is going to take a while to take root there in Jacksonville. So my early bold prediction for the Broncos season, don't be surprised in week two, they put up a lot of points on the scoreboard. Quick shout out to a couple of superstars on Facebook. Mike with a top rope stars. Man, thank you for that, Mike. That generosity means a lot to us, buddy. We'll keep an eye out. John, see if you can find anything Mike had to say. And then Glenn as well. Glenn, thanks for uh, the support, my friend. Means a lot, buddy. All right, we are at 102. Let's grab uh, Willie again to say thank you, Willie. Give the quote creds. Locks floor is Teddy's ceiling. Indeed, indeed. Um, actually, now I'm not sure what's he what's he driving at. Was he the one that coined that? Maybe he I was. Think, I don't know. I think he's saying it should be coined. It reminds okay. me of the MJ quote: "The ceiling okay. is the roof." Guys, I need Zach to interpret syntax for me, okay? I'm older than I look. Trust. John, what did you just throw up there, dude? Mike, there he is. Mike, thank you, buddy. He says, one season's worth of games in a division with the Chiefs and Mahomes, multiple coordinators, a multitude of injuries like his number one receiver, suspect or an average O-line, and terrible right tackle play, wide receiver drops, a virus-ravaged season, his own unlucky injuries starting in week two, Yes, there's such a thing as ceilings, and Drew has a high one. Enjoy this season. And then he has the lock emoji, top rope, boom. Mike dropped. Mike dropping the mic. Hats off, dog. Well said. These are points that need to be made. These aren't excuses, okay? But Drew, as I wrote today, uh, was, was arguably one of the players in the league, in the NFL, most negatively impacted from a macro and a micro perspective by the pandemic. I'm just going down the list of, uh, of, of items here, and I'm saying in my head, fact, 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 fact. These aren't excuses. These aren't theories. This isn't speculation. This isn't us being Locke fans. These are all facts. And yes, a lot of the league dealt with a lot of the Broncos problems last year in terms of the pandemic and injuries and all that, but it was a biblical wave of uh, unfortunate circumstances in Denver, and Locke was hurt the most by it. It was his own shortcomings as well. He has a lot to clean up. It, it was on him too, but everything Mike just laid out there perfectly is a fact. Indeed. Well said, Mike. Uh, let's grab this one from Shane Daniels again. Thank you, Shane. Oh, and if they wanted Bridgewater to be the guy, they would have paid him more than $4.5 million and wouldn't have reduced his contract to one year. Good point. Very good point. Yep. Um, all right, let me see here. We got Victor. We didn't get this one from Dale. Thank you again, Dale. Love you, bro. Locke has thrown 50% as many touchdowns as Bridgewater in a third of the games. And Locke was not great last year. Way higher ceiling. 
Love the pod, guys. I like Bridgewater on the roster, but just not a quarterback defenses will fear. Yeah, I agree with that. He's not a cue that makes any opponent, you know, quake in their boots. But let me tell you what he is. You know, putting a positive spin on Teddy is he's a dang good leader, and he's a great quarterback to have when you're in a pinch, when you're in a tight spot because something happened to your starter. I'm under no illusions that Teddy's coming in here to, you know, take on the mantle of Denver's franchise queue moving forward. I don't think he is either. So, you know, he recognizes his situation at this stage, and it's it's a bummer the way things have kind of shaken out for Teddy because, you know, he was a up-and-coming guy before that knee, made it to the Pro Bowl the year before he hurt his knee and all that. Like, he, he did have some momentum, but I don't think he was ever going to be a Star Wars guy. He was never going to be a take-the-league-by-storm, you know, dynamo like an Aaron Rodgers, like even maybe a Matthew Stafford had the ceiling to be. Drew at least still has that in potentia, all right? It just needs to be realized. Yeah, and uh, the thing about Bridgewater, Chad, is when he comes into the game, the defense will do what? They're going to load the box to stop the Broncos' run. They're going to put seven or eight defenders near the line and try to shut down Melvin Gordon and Williams and and hope and, and aim for Bridgewater to beat them with his arm. And he probably won't. He doesn't have the same pop. We saw reports of that come out of the practice today, Chad. The ball just gets there quicker with Locke under center. Now, they can defenses can do the same thing with Locke. They can load the box and make him beat them. But the difference is he might throw a pick, but he might beat them over the top. He has the arm talent to do that. So I'm in agreement with the comment. I like Bridgewater. I'm a fan of his, but for what he is, and that's a backup in this league and with this team. Greg Smith on Facebook, thank you for being with us, Greg. He says, thank you all for the podcast a year ago today since the loss of my kid's mom. It's been a doozy of a day, but we're getting through it. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook, bro. Greg and I are friends on Facebook. I saw that, and um, heart goes out to you. Heart goes out to to your kids. That's a tough, tough, tough deal as someone who's been through the the loss of a parent like that. It's tough, man. So uh, prayers up, and uh, keep a stiff upper lip. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's cliche, but it's true that time kind of heals uh, the biggest wounds in life. And, Greg, we hope that it's uh, improving slowly but surely every day. Anything we can do to make your life better, uh, we will try to do. So thank you for tuning in with us tonight. And love the shirt. Let them hate. All right, guys, last one. Then we got to dip out for tonight. Um, Duke Boynton, an OG superstar. What's up, Duke? It's been a minute. How you been, buddy? Hope you're uh, doing well. Hope things are rocking and rolling in your neck of the woods. Hope the family's doing well. Hope you're doing well on the job. Good to see you. He says, Fangio is the equivalent of Wade Phillips. Awesome defensive coordinator, horrible head coach. At this point in time, I'd I'd much rather have Dan Reeves running the Broncos than Vic. So some harsh harsh comments on Vic. I agree up to this point uh, at a certain level, Duke, that he appears, does Vic, to be similar to Wade. And even Wade himself, when he was hired here, hey, I was a lousy head coach but I know what I'm doing as a coordinator. It's like the Peter principle, if you guys have ever heard of that, that a man is promoted to the level of his own incompetence. All right, Google that. I don't have time to go into much more depth than just saying it, but it's a similar um, concept here in that, you know, Wade Phillips was promoted up to a point where he butted up against his ceiling. The level of his own incompetence came up short and then had to drop back down. Time will tell if that's what awaits Vic Fangio as far as the football fates are concerned, but He still has time. He still has time. If he gets the quarterback thing, 
if the quarterback position pops for the Broncos, I think fans will start having a, a different tone on, on Vic as well. But we don't want to see any more of those rookie caliber clock management palm, you know, face palm moments from Vic Fangio, who's been coaching in the league for four decades. That needs to be in the rear view. Exactly. And I'll, there's so many examples of coaches that are great coordinators and just are not cut out to be NFL head coaches. And I'm not going to say that Fangio belongs in that group just yet. I mean, this is a make or break year for him like it is for Locke. He's shown flashes of brilliance and he's shown flashes where you want to rip your eyeballs out. But we can't, the Broncos can't lose games because the coach doesn't know how to call timeout in the fourth quarter or his defense can get off the field. And those were earmarks so far through two years. You can throw away the offensive play. You can, whatever excuse you want to bring, that was a Fangio issue. So I hope he cleans it up this year. If he doesn't, he'll be gone. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Thanks for spending some time with us this evening. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars and our super supporters on Facebook. But seriously, much love to each and every one of you for joining us. Uh, Even guys like Tez, who just want to duke it out. Tez, um, listen, be okay. If you want to insult me? Spell my name right. Until you do, I don't <laughs> even see you, bro. True, true, buddy. Come on. Um, but guys, even Tez, we love you too. We appreciate you being with us. Like the video, all right? Before you dip on out of here, if you respect the effort, as we ask you oh so humbly on this podcast, share it out there. But Zach, you and I we're off tomorrow night building the Broncos. We'll step in and do the heavy lifting while we take a day. We'll be back Wednesday, and then I'm off till Sunday because I got a baby coming on Thursday. So Wednesday, we'll see you here, and we have Burn the Guitarist, a.k.a. Zach Carlson, going to join the show Wednesday night for a superstar segment. Looking forward to that. So we'll see you guys then. Otherwise, Zach, sign us off, bro. Yes, sir, Chad. Uh, Again, early congratulations on your baby. We're all looking forward to seeing the pictures from that. We're all happy for you and your wonderful family. Uh, Be sure, guys – Uh, to subscribe, like, and share before you get out of here. We appreciate that so, so much. It means the world to us. Uh, Also, if you can, follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow the pod at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the mothership at MileHighHuddle. You can follow my partner, Chad, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow me at KelbermanNFL. You can follow John, of course, at JohnKMHH. If you can, guys, if you want to, hit the Huddle Up Pod shop. Get your swag. Get your merch. It's the tent. It's wherever you'll find anything you need mugs, t-shirts, anything and everything. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Become a a supporter. Big blue box on the screen. You can't miss it. Five bucks a month. Great exclusive content. More coming soon. Subscribe, though, like we said. Like and share. We will see you guys Wednesday evening to talk more Broncos football. Take care. Have a great Tuesday. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 